Welcome to this edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. The mission of Food, Faith, and Feelings is to walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Brought to you as an educational program under the nonprofit Mana Scholarship Fund, our program is designed to help you better understand issues related to your physical and mental diet, what you consume that impacts your head, your heart, and your soul. We are thankful to our business partnership with Paradigm Security and Mr. Rick Strawn for providing this opportunity to come to you. We hope to enrich your lives as he has enriched ours. Our guest today is Christina Alston. Thank Good morning. You. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a delight. Um, I get to see you, what, two or three days out of the week? Three. Three? For now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Christina is a uh, one of the therapists at, the, at MANA Treatment, mm-hmm. and I have dubbed Christina our chaplain of MANA because she has is very, very strong in uh, terms of spirituality, mm-hmm. um, bringing Christianity, bringing faith um, to our practice. Mm-hmm. Um, she runs our weekly Bible study. She also uh, runs a weekly, what do, you, what do you call the group? Spirituality group? Hope, Trust, and Spirituality. Hope, Trust, and Spirituality mm-hmm. at, uh, in our MANA fund, um, in our MANA treatment program mm-hmm. for eating disorders. So, Christina, um, Let's talk a little bit about faith in counseling. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we talk about this a lot because there are lots of counselors who are Christian, but unfortunately not a lot of them integrate their faith into their counseling practice. Um, I attended a graduate school, Richmond Graduate University. <laughs> and nice plug actually, for Richmond. Yes, wonderful plug for Richmond. And it has an integrated program for a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and also marriage and family therapy. So a lot of graduate schools will give you the opportunity to get a master's degree in counseling, but then you would have to get a second master's degree in theology along with that. And so they're two separate tracks. But at Richmond, both are integrated. And so we learn from the beginning on how to integrate our faith into practice. And so it's a really effective tool in the treatment process to integrate the client's faith in with their, you know, clinical treatment. Very nice. So tell me how you see those two things differently, like being a Christian and doing therapy and then doing Christian therapy. Well, or the integration. I don't see how to separate the two. Okay. And that's why my practice is integrated right so i know some people are able to separate that and to be the blank slate and to set themselves aside and be completely you know neutral unbiased and neutral um but it's such an important part of my life Mm -hmm. and whether or not my clients are christian you know i'm not going to integrate faith into counseling if the client doesn't want to so it's absolutely 100 percent up to what the client wants but my faith guides me and directs how I act, how I operate, the things I do. And so it's such a vital part of me. I don't see a way of separating that. Um, Also having the Holy Spirit in the session with me 
that's the best counselor there is. You know, so much better than me, so much better than any clinical skill that I have or have learned, any knowledge or awareness that I have. He knows all. So if I have him in the counseling session with me, regardless of what my client's beliefs are, I'm going to know how to direct that session. I'm going to know what's most effective because he's the one who's really in charge of everything. Yes. In fact, he's got the name Wonderful Counselor. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is there aren't necessarily two people in your counseling session there are actually three at all times at all times at all times okay yes he comes in the room yeah before I get there and stays till after I leave so you know when you and I first met uh about a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. um I knew immediately I knew you were different I knew the Holy Spirit was with you and I, I mean, I just, you know, we had a very bizarre first conversation. <laughs> um, but because of who you are and the faith that you bring, that was exactly why I wanted you to be a part of MANA. Mm-hmm. And so um, tell us a little bit about Holy Spirit. Like, tell us about, like, that as an entity and how you bring him into the session. Well, how much time we got? (laughs) Holy Spirit. We can't talk about Holy Spirit in a limited amount of time. It's unlimited. At the bare, like, lowest, most fundamental level, Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. We have the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And Holy Spirit is probably the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. Absolutely. Um, The most overlooked because I, you know, that's kind of weird. I can understand the Father. I can understand the Son not so sure about this spirit thing right Right. and sometimes people perceive holy spirit as this thing this it this other holy spirit is a person he is a person of the trinity he (laughs) is a person of the trinity not an it and um holy spirit is a gift for us from Jesus, as Jesus left this earth, he said, I'm leaving you with a helper that's going to be better than me. Hey, I'm only in one place. He's going to be everywhere with you all the time, you know, not bound by time and space. So we carry him with us. If we will accept that gift, if we will invite him in, if we will yield to him, then he can operate within us and he gives us gifts that help us with faith and healing and all of the things that we need. Um, he gives those gifts freely as he desires and he gives me those gifts as I need as he sees fit in counseling sessions in personal ministry in my day-to-day life so he's an awesome part of my life hopefully he's an awesome part of yours well you know he is (laughs) but I will say that when you came into MANA um, to help us with just a few groups um yeah. <laughs> um, then, you know, the conversation really took off in terms of you basically explained um, how the Holy Spirit is. You said he's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He is not going to come if come into your the room, the counseling office, this practice unless you invite him. Right. And at that moment, I said, OK, how do we do that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> because. The uh, premise of manna, um, well, I mean, the word manna itself is from the Bible, mm-hmm. and it means gift. It means life, bread of life, 
gift from God um, and Jesus himself. That was one of his names. And so um, bringing the, the third part of the Trinity into manna, I mean, manna is, it's even, it, even though it's a Jewish word, it's from the Old Testament, it's still in the Christian Bible. Mm-hmm. And we utilize that and look at people who come to manna, whether they're a staff member or a client, and we know that everyone goes through their spiritual and emotional deserts. And so when God gives us manna, it's the sustenance that we need to continue when we are in that place and to get to the promised land. Mm -hmm. So um, bringing the Holy Spirit in, I would say, has definitely shifted um, just manna as a whole. Um, and so I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Bringing that, God definitely had, you know, our meeting to be a pretty powerful thing and a boost to manna because before that I was doing it. <laughs> right. And you can't do it in your own strength. No, nope, right? I cannot. Right. So let's talk a little bit about um, how... I know you've said that it's like the Trinity is so integrated into you and your mind and your heart and who you are that you can't not bring them in to the session. And so I'm going to let's talk about first somebody that doesn't want to have that as a part of their counseling. How do you how do you approach that? I have several who don't want that. um, So I have clients who are not Christian who are not interested in anything faith related. Um, I have clients who are Christian who say, I don't want to talk about that in session. And I honor that because that's their right. Um, They all know where I come from. They know my faith background. I don't keep it a secret. It's in all my profiles online. Like everywhere it says, like you will know that this is who I am and I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to respect you, whether you're of a different faith or not. Um, You are welcome here. All are welcome here. And so that's the approach that I take. Now, if they don't want to include that in their session, um, Holy Spirit is still there. I mean, they can choose to, you know, not acknowledge that fact, but I know he's there in the room. And so that's the best part, right? That's the best kept secret. He's there. He's in me. He's in the room. And so I don't have to say God. I don't have to say Jesus. I don't have to quote scripture. I don't have to do any of that. Think about if you were in a counseling session and if you could have like a little earbud in your ear and there was someone behind the scenes who knew everything about this person, (laughs) even better, (laughs) someone who knew absolutely everything about this person, everything they've been through, what they're currently dealing with, their struggles, their thoughts, like everything going on with them. And that person could just be speaking in your ear and directing you on how to pinpoint things and get things out of them and what to say and what to do. It's sort of the same thing, right? We have Holy Spirit knows all, whether you acknowledge him or not. And so he can still direct me. This person's not a Christian. He can still tell me, hey, like bring up this, ask about that. And I can do that and it affects change. And also if someone is not a Christian, I'd see a lot of clients who struggle with Christianity because they've been hurt by the church Mm -hmm. or they've been hurt by you know, members of the church who've said things to them and upset them, um, alienated them. And so I see my role as just giving them a different experience, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Giving them that corrective emotional experience to say, I'm sorry that the people who 
were supposed to represent Christ did not represent him well. I'm here to show you something different because we're called to be the light, right? And so I don't have to be preachy. I don't have to throw scripture at people. When they see my life, they should see the love of Christ through how I operate. And I've had many people who have had church heard and who wanted nothing to do with the church come back to me and say like that this has been a different experience with you and they've been more open to God because they see how he operates through my life and that's my goal like that's really my goal is to love people to him um, not with you know intentionally telling them here's all the things you need to do but do you want this love in your life it's amazing don't miss out on it because somebody said something really stupid to you at some point so just to sort of encapsulate what you just said, um, if someone doesn't, so someone doesn't have to be a Christian to come see you. No, absolutely not. And I will say they don't have to be a Christian to come to Manna. Um, they, you, they, you don't have to speak about God in the session. You're not going to beat them over the head with the Bible. No. Um, and then your approach is just to accept them where they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Accepting them where they are, loving them where they are, and showing them the love of God through my actions. And so this, you said these words, corrective emotional experience. Mm -hmm. That sounds really, I mean, I know what it means, but (laughs) I want, I'm thinking that most people out there are going to be like, oh, that's just shrink talk. Right, it is. So (laughs) can you please dumb it down for people who don't understand shrink talk? Right, okay. So corrective emotional experience, just let's just pretend you had a bad experience growing up and you saw like your mother didn't treat you right or um, you had a painful childhood and you didn't receive the love and the care and the nurturing that you had wanted um, or needed at that time and then you come to Mana. I'm just using this as an Uh, example. You come to Mana. Oh I'm not supposed to sing, (laughs) sorry. And you experience our staff and we have we have Jesus in our hearts and we love on our clients and we support them and we nurture them and we guide them. And so it's something that some of them may not be used to. Mm-hmm. And so it provides them, it corrects the experience that they had. They may have had a painful emotional experience at some point in their life. And now they see something different and they think, wow, I never knew it could be this way. I never thought that these things were really real, like that people experienced this. Maybe this was just something on TV, but no, this is real life, and I'm experiencing this here. So that's the the gist of what a corrective emotional experience is. So it reminds me of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? In the Bible, there were many, many different people that Jesus interacted with, and uh, many, well, if not all, had different types of sin. And the, like, I think about the woman at the, um, who was being stoned. Um, she, can you, can you talk about that story for a little bit? Um, the woman who's being stoned for adultery? Yes. Yeah. Who are your, where are your accusers, right? Let he, right. Without, who's without sin cast the first stone. So she's guilty of the sin and by law she should be stoned rightfully killed for adultery Um, but jesus intervenes and says you know all you people who are out there waiting to throw some rocks and kill this woman um whoever among you 
does not have any sin, you throw your stone first, right? And mm-hmm. they all drop their stones and walk away. And so it's like we have a tendency to be judgmental when we come and we find Jesus and we have our lives transformed. We think we have it all together and things are going so well. And so now I can go out there and pick apart all the sin in everyone else's life, right? And what Christ did is he brought those people who we would accuse and call out for their sins. And Christ says, no, I'm going to show you something different. Where are your accusers now? Right. Well, one of the things that I'm learning more and more about is um, this is a whole other topic, but the courtroom of heaven and what struck me as I was, as I've been listening um, is that when we judge, we literally sit in God's seat at that courtroom. And it's like, whoa, that's a lot. (laughs) That's pretty heavy stuff right there. Yeah, it's like pointing out that speck in someone else's eye when you got a plank in your own. Exactly. It's like, let's just leave the judgment to God and let's just love people. Right. How about that? Because really the transforming work is not going to come from us. It comes from him. And so, I mean, I can go out and try, but what am I capable of doing in my own strength? Not much. So the best thing to do from my perspective is to just love people show them love do you want to know where my love comes from it comes from god want me to introduce you to him there he is right and then out of their relationship with god they become transformed their heart is transformed their life is transformed it's not me doing the transformation so it's letting him do the work i'm not trying to be god my job is hard enough (laughs) i can't handle god's job too right so i'm just trying to lead them to the source and so when i say lead them i also want to say I'm not having clients in my session and then trying to say, hey, do you like me? Then guess what? Come see Jesus. I don't do that, right? So if they are already Christians, we can talk about it. But I'm saying if they ask me about it, I will talk about it. But I am not in session trying to convert people to Christianity. That's not my main goal. My main goal is to see them healed and set free and delivered. And that doesn't have to be a process of laying on of hands and praying and pulling out the oil. I can do that. We can do <laughs> that. We can do that. Wait, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want that, I can do that. But at the same time, I want to see their lives transformed. And I'm going to use everything that Holy Spirit has given me, what my clinical training has given me to help them along in that process in the best way for each individual person. So some people will ask sometimes, like, what's your treatment modality? What do you lean towards? And it is exactly what is best for each individual person, right? I don't have this blanket way of, okay, here's my therapy toolbox and here's the methodology that we use it's individualized care for each person and what they need if that includes spirituality fantastic I love it it's my favorite thing to do but if it doesn't you know what I will still help you in your healing process and love that just as well as well so tell us a little bit about um, maybe a client that you've worked with in the past that you know, you've been working with them on their trauma or their eating disorder um, or anxiety or depression, whatever it might be. And then how, um, you know, we've got all of our techniques. We've got CBT, DBT, ACT. We've got all the, uh, all the uh, letters, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then bringing in that Holy Spirit and Jesus encounter and like, just talk to us a little bit about a situation where 
you used this the the typical tools but then you found that really um, bringing in the spiritual component uh, transformed them I have I've had more than one client who has come in and did not want any kind of faith included like very adamant I don't want to talk about any God stuff in here and I honored that and we went through the process and did all the work and they got all the coping skills and learn how to communicate and set boundaries and all those things and at the end I'm like okay let's take let's take stock here we have achieved all your goals let's look at how we're doing here all of your goals that you set out initially have been met did you have anything else you want to work on is there still seems to be something that's missing um, and everything they'd identified they'd improved upon and then and this has happened like I said more than once they get to the end of all the goals of him and it's like well there is this one other thing that I haven't talked about yet and it's the faith piece and what's happened is I guess they've had experiences again in the church where they've been judged about things judged about having doubts or um, struggling with their faith a bit and so they were afraid to bring that into the session initially and so after doing that we actually talked about faith things for several more sessions and the shift in their life was significant and they left therapy and have been going on and doing well but there's a lot of people who struggle with their faith and there's not always a place to be able to talk about that openly and so that's what I provide a space where we can explore it without telling you what you should think and telling you what you should do let's just have a dialogue and help you explore like as a counselor we're not here to just fix all your problems and tell you what to do we're not giving advice what we do is walk alongside people on their journey it's kind of like a guide it's like okay you got two paths here i'm not going to tell you to take one or the other i'm going to say let's look at both paths what do you see down there which one's speaking anymore which way do you want to go well i'll go with you as we go on this path and we'll kind of walk it out in that way Um, so one of the things I was thinking as you were saying that is that you basically with say that client, you earned the right to be Mm -hmm. heard. You earned the right Mm -hmm. to speak about the thing that is the innermost part of your being. Right. And that's the, but that's the most important part of therapy, right? Is building rapport Mm -hmm. between client and therapist and building that trust and, and safety. So initially clients may be hesitant to talk about faith things or trauma things or or anything that they've been holding um, secret and keeping hidden, right? And so as you build up that rapport, as you build the relationship, then when they see, okay, this is a person who's trustworthy, maybe I can try. And sometimes they'll test you. They'll throw out a little something and see how you react, right? right. And oh, if you look, if you react like someone else in their life, like I know what that is, so I'm not going to let her in on any of this stuff, right? So they're they're testing us constantly, and if they deem us trustworthy, I count that as an honor. 100%. And then they will invite us into their experience and let those walls down, and that's where the real healing happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. The- the right to enter it's almost like um god has his innermost sanctum right his place where he where it is the most holy he is he is there and then people allow us to once we've passed their tests and they can develop trust we get to go into the most painful place with Mm -hmm. them to help them heal from that absolutely so nice metaphor 
(laughs) (laughs) What else are you doing, Christina? I know you do a ton of things. Yes, I do. I am very busy. Yes, you are. So, um, So I'm part of a ministry that's called Unscripted, and we host um we've been doing dialogues and talks um just about faith topics things that people don't necessarily talk about all the time and there's four ladies who are in it and we're all different backgrounds and walks of life and we have different perspectives and we just get real about christian things and everything is free and we host these events and we're doing them online now um and is that like a Bible study? It's not or? a Bible study. It's like we have a topic and it's completely unscripted. We don't plan for what we talk, what we're going to say. We don't have a script. We just, like here's this. the topic and we do this. We just talk about it and we have um, breakout sessions where the people who attend can talk about what they got from the event and it's, it's great. Mm. Um, and I'm also a part of a team. We are called Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. And we are actually recording real life miracles from people's lives. Like God is still doing miracles. It didn't end (laughs) with the Bible. I recommended someone to you. Yes, yes. And we're going to get her story as well. So we are just finding people who have had miracles happen in their lives. We've been recording the videos. And right now we're in the fundraising stage to fund um, a pilot because we want to take these stories and dramatize them and put them out on TV for, for people to see what God is doing in a really creative way. So it won't be the typical documentary, you know, reenactment thing. It will be a dramatized TV series of real life miracles. And then people can come to our website and engage with the actual story from the real person it happened to that they can hear their story in their own words. And so you can check us out on mswtoday.com. And we also have a YouTube channel called Miracles, Signs and Wonders. And it has um, several stories on there as well. Very nice. Yeah. What about uh, anything in the future that you're trying to get done? Well, I'm hosting a retreat. Are you? (laughs) Yes, I am. So for women who are Christians, who um, it's particularly for those who have lost their identity in the roles that they play. Mm -hmm. So think um, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, a sister, you know, I'm a executive and, you know, all of these things start to shape your identity. And then if I take all of those things away, then who are you? What's left? Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of clients who have been performing their entire life and playing all these roles and they don't know who they are anymore. So it's a retreat for women. There is a faith-based component. It is not a completely spiritual retreat, but it does have faith integrated in there. But it's to help them unpack some of those things, find out who they truly are, um, and in a creative and fun way and relaxing over a weekend. So it's going to be in September, and it's on my website, christinaalston.com. So I'm really excited about that. Very good. Yes. You're doing a lot. I'm doing a lot. It's the work of the Lord. Right. (laughs) And then we are going to hopefully in the near future start up our own uh, faith in recovery group at MANA. Yes. Where we are just focused on helping people with their Christian walk go further and go deeper. Absolutely. Um, And so I typically at the towards the end of our uh broadcast like to ask uh what is your favorite verse 
Would you like to share that with people? I know you've got plenty. I know. It's like, how do I pick like one of them? Just one. <laughs> um, I have a couple. Um, one, well, the one that, you know, every counselor goes to, but it was mine first. <laughs> or of any course. of the other ones, Isaiah 61. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm here. Like, that is the call of my life, to heal the brokenhearted, to bring the good news to the poor. Like, like all of that is, is just, isn't that the call of every counselor, to go out to minister to the brokenhearted, to set the captives free? Mm-hmm. All of those things, like, this is what we do on a daily basis, whether we realize it or not. Like, that is, that is truly my life first. Exactly. Well, good. Yeah. That's a nice one. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, I've got a couple other things that I need to talk about, about manna. So one of the things, um, because you are, you are one of the, the primary therapists in our program for eating disorders for the partial hospitalization and intensive outpatient. And one of the things that in the last, I'd say six or eight months has sort of come to the surface that manna needs is a house. Uh, we need a house. We need a house. And why do we need a house? Because our clients that are adults, a lot of the time we have a, a couple of clients that will drive one to two hours one way to come to Mana, and they will do it five days a week. And we need, we also have people who don't necessarily have, um, they might be physically safe environments, but they may not be emotionally safe environments. And so we want to create a situation in which people can come and stay together in a recovery residence. And we are willing to do all of the work. We just need a house. If you would like to donate a house, that would be preferable. We would love for it to be in Gwinnett County. And we would, um, be glad to take care of everything else. We will get it uh, certified. We've got all of the information, all of the paperwork to do that. And so the Mana House um, is on our wish list, on our prayer list. And there's one way that you can, um, upcoming way that you can become more uh, familiar with Mana and understand Mana. And that is our upcoming fundraiser on May the 16th, which is Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is So You Think You Can Sing. It's our virtual karaoke event. And Jeannie will not be singing. I will not be singing, (laughs) although I did do a little mini 11-second commercial for it. It was funny. It was fun. Um, I am not a singer. No. I just play one on TV. Um... I guess I play one on Facebook, really. Um, However, we have seven really amazing singers. Five are from the Atlanta area, two are from Seattle, and one is from Indiana. And they are all cutting their tracks right now. It's going to be very upbeat. It's going to be very lively. We have uh, one of the people from the Zac Brown Band who's going to be one of our judges. We have another gentleman who was a runner-up on The Voice. He is going to be a part, either a judge or our MC. Uh, we have several different people who are in the music industry, and we are going to have a judge's choice, the people that, you know, the person that the judges will pick, and then, and, and that person is going to win $250. 
And then we are going to have a people's choice. And that person is the one that raises the most money. So if you have someone that is your personal favorite, um, it is a dollar a point or a dollar a vote. So we welcome you to donate as much as you would like. In fact, if you'd like to donate a house, we would probably put you on air. Um, anyway, that is coming up, not this Sunday, not Mother's Day, but the following Sunday, uh, May the 16th from 6 to 7 p.m. It is going to be on Qtego, and then it will forever live on Vimeo after that. Spell Qtego. Q, well, you don't have to worry about it. All you have to do is go to manafund.org, look over on the fundraisers tab, you'll find So You Think You Can Sing, and all of the information is there. Perfect. If you are in the Atlanta area, you can also have a dine-along if you would like, and that is uh, dinner for two, and that is that comes with a th it's three courses. A bottle of wine. I think we're actually throwing in some bourbon in this, a bourbon tasting in this. And it is delivered to your door if you're inside the, the uh, perimeter of Atlanta for $125. So we are excited about this. Uh, this is a, a shift. We are also giving away our awards. We usually do the MANA Awards Gala. We are shifting. So anyway, we thank you. Miss Christina, thank you for coming and enlightening us on spirituality and, and faith in the recovery process and how that looks. And so I want to thank you all out there for tuning in to Food, Faith, and Feelings. Again, we want to walk with you on your journey to wholeness. And so be sure to subscribe to our show. You can find us on about 12 different podcast apps such as Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. All shows are also archived on businessradiox.com. Just go to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, click on Food, Faith, and Feelings. Until next time, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and this has been Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X. <laughs>